most wonderful time of the year. We are coming into Friday midday. We have an emergency draft focused PFF daily betting podcast. It honestly doesn't get any better than this. So let's dive in. Last night, round one of the NFL draft uh, went pretty well for uh, Eric and Ben's uh, betting accounts at this point in time. Obviously, Fields didn't go number three overall. We did offset quite a bit of our position with Trey Lance in the past week and a half. So more than covered uh, what we initially had on Fields. His slide uh, was a little bit unfortunate, but I do think he ended up in a really good spot in Chicago. Um, But other than that, I think really the only downside, probably negative play that we had was Caleb Farley, I think, with one Half a pick too early, basically. We had him at over 22 and a half and under 27 and a half. If he would have fallen in that sweet 23 to 27 range, we would have been, uh, you know, lights out on all of our betting. But other than that, I thought it went really well. We hit on the Kyle Pitts under, Jamar Chase at fifth overall. Um, we did sprinkle in some J.C. Horn, first cornerback off the board at plus 800. So that did offset a little bit of our Patrick Sertan, uh, first cornerback, first defensive player action. But um, I thought it was a really positive night. Of course, our betting bankroll as well also thought it was a positive night. So, Eric, uh, <laughs> what was your highlight from day one of the NFL draft? It's interesting because, you know, the whole thing was about about Fields, Lance, Mac Jones. But I, what I, I actually went through our betting sheet and I had it in chronological order. And then today I flipped it to be uh, descending order by amount risk. And honestly, I had the most amount risk. We had the most amount risk on Zach Wilson second overall at minus one sixty seven. We get you know, and there was a t- there was a little bit of a sweat there for like a second, right. and then obviously the Jets did what we all thought they would do. The second one was actually Sewell first alignment taken. I got some negative closing line value there, but we ended up getting that, and then Chase first wide receiver taken. Um, so you know, by the time you got to pick five, you know we were already well on our way, and then things like over one half running back over one and a half running backs um we even got a juice we had to pay the juice but we got over 17 and a half offensive players ben it got to 18 with five picks left and then it went defense 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 and if you had an over 18 and a half offensive players ticket you're certainly smarting uh, with that right um but yeah it was it was it was a great night and and obviously now you know if you are somebody who who won a little bit uh, in day one, you can look to day two uh, for some for some action here, uh, either through you know DraftKings, uh, our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, or you know whatever you know whatever sportsbook you use. Yep, definitely. I mean, I thought you know I did think that the eighteen and a half offensive players was basically a lock, and then like you said, the five defensive players to finish. Unfortunately, uh, I didn't really see that actually. I didn't think that was going to be the case for how that you know first round ended. I do think that it leads into some uh, you know valuable betting opportunities at the start of the second round. Obviously, we have you know a pretty big influx of offensive line talent still on the board. Some players that PFF had in our big board, you know, in that first round range still on the board. Um, so I think there are going to be you know a number of offensive tackles going here to start the draft but I have my eye um, on a couple quarterbacks here as well I don't think we necessarily got the run on quarterbacks that we expected we did have basically all five go in the top 15 but kind of as we mentioned Justin Fields slid Mac Jones slid a little bit I don't know if that's necessarily conducive of what's going to happen with this next tier of quarterbacks but I'm kind of buying into uh, Davis Mills over 60.5 I think it's 61 and a half on points bet 60.5 on FanDuel um 
yesterday before the first round you could have gotten that at 68 and a half 64 and a half for some reason it has adjusted down quite a bit on his particular number um i don't really like him and this next tier of quarterbacks between davis mills kellen mund and kyle trask i would put him as maybe the third um, most likely candidate i think our big board has him as the second i kind of like kellen mund in this spot so i'm kind of fading davis mills over six and a half and i kind of like kellen mund under uh 74 and a half at this point in time eric what are your feelings on those bets yeah, very much so. You know, Davis Mills right now is a favorite to go in round two, minus 110 on DraftKings. Um, you know, he is, you know, he does have some of the hashtag traits that a lot of people like. Um, but, you know, to see him, you know, if I were going to bet him under while not also betting, you know, Kellen Mond, who's plus 225 to go in round three, plus 300 to go in round two, or Kyle Trask, plus 125 to go in round three, plus 175, to go in round two like I don't think that makes a lot of sense I don't think there's a huge like groundswell for Davis Mills although again the markets were were right yesterday in many in many situations um here's one interestingly Ben that I want to talk about because yet one of one of the bets we also won was under 0.5 safeties we were you know as a draft where Christian Barmore who we spent money on to be the first defensive lineman taken not taken in round one but he's a defensive lineman. The one position that's left uh, of the positions where it's, you know, first X taken uh, is first safety drafted. And look, right now, Trayvon Merig, which is, we've been calling it Morig the whole time, Merig is minus 715. And that makes sense. If you look at grinding the mocks, his, his average draft position is 26. However, Javon Holland, plus 500, Richie Grant, plus 800, they have average draft positions in the 50s. I put a little bit on Richie Grant here at 8-1 to one, um, just because I think that that number is way too high. And once you get into round two, when it comes to secondary players and especially safeties, it's very much styles make fights. So while Trayvon Merrick might be the best player among those players, you know there might be a team that doesn't really prefer him uh, to, you know, let's say Holland or Grant. And especially Grant, if you're getting 8-1, to one, that's, to me, a great bet. Yeah, I do. I do lean towards Grant definitely in that plus eight hundred price. I wouldn't probably wager anything on Javon Holland, but um, this is a situation where we kind of see, you know, like the twenty-four hour, not necessarily twenty-four hour delay, but the long delay between first round and second round. We do have, you know, a lot more discussions happening between teams. So it is a spot where, you know, not necessarily teams aren't aware of guys falling, but they may not have the resources and time in order to make a move to get the guy that they want. So I could see a team coming up here pretty quickly in the second round taking Trayvon Morgan. I don't know if that's, you know, I don't think he's going to drop too much further. So um, I don't, I'm not necessarily in love with it, but obviously you can't really leave the minus 715 price on him at this point in time. And that has moved out a little bit. I do think it was minus 500 to start the day today even. Um, and yesterday it was even lower than that. So we'll see. Um, I do like that first safety. Is there anything else that you're kind of liking? I'm looking at some of these, you know, team position of teams first picks. I know I had a little bit of a yeah. discussion with our guy, Brad Spielberger, uh, talking about, Obviously, it's not the most likely outcome, but I'm kind of leaning towards the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, now they're at plus 450 defensive linemen. Uh, given, you know, the talent that's still available at that position, obviously they're a heavy favorite to go offensive linemen at minus 400. But I kind of, I could see them potentially taking um, a defensive lineman given the talent still available at that position. I do think obviously it's going to be offensive lineman or defensive lineman because uh, both those spots kind of had some players fall yeah. into the second round that we didn't necessarily expect. Would you be looking at a plus price in this, or is there a spot um, that you like from a different team kind of selecting that second 
player uh, for their draft at this point. The Bengal, yeah, I mean, you're not laying the minus four, you know, much like with the safety market. You're not laying the big favorite there, even though I do think that's the most likely outcome. Um, it's one that for- validates the decision that they made to acquire Chase with the first pick, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, is to take a lineman there and a good one. Um, so I do like, you know, fading that, obviously, a little bit. The the one that, you know, you, you wrote a great article on the site, Ben, um, you know, talking about, you know, these, these other positions. Let, let's look at a team that hasn't picked yet. Let's look at a team, you know, a team that, you know, we do have some interactions with. Kansas City right now, wide receiver is plus 200 on the market. Offensive lineman is plus 350. I think you have to go plus 350 with the offensive lineman there. I do know that they are that they have a group of linemen that they still think that they want to take at that spot, and they're not enamored with all the wide receivers in this draft. Yeah. So, um, you know, what happened was, you know, we saw in the marketplace six and a half offensive linemen. We only saw four or five go in round one. So some of those linemen are going to bleed to Kansas City. They might move up. I've also heard rumors they might move down. Um, but but there, I think, this is a classic one where wide receiver makes sense, but it doesn't make sense to be favored for them. I think offensive lineman at plus 350 is where I would go if I was looking uh, towards, uh, you know, sort of the first pick uh, for, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the one that makes sense also, if you look, you know, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, you know, they just got Alden Smith got, you know, uh, got dinged for uh, yet another sort of infraction off the field. Uh, LJ Collier hasn't been what they want him to be. Um, you know, they just lost uh, Jerron Reed to Kansas City. Defensive lineman for uh, for Seattle's first pick at plus 600 feels like uh, something to buy into. Yeah, I like that as well. And I did, I did write up, you know, pretty ex- extensively Kansas City Chiefs. I do really like that plus the 350 price for offensive linemen, but I lean uh, even more so, especially after our day yesterday, kind of just hitting that offense at minus 125. I don't really think there's any way that they go defense at this point in time. Um, but again, the offensive lineman plus 350 price is definitely enticing. We have seen them probably overcorrect a little too, bit too much already to try and fix some of the holes along that offensive lineman, but I think uh, that's only justification for them to continue to try to invest resources in that um, you know, offensive line to protect Patrick Mahomes at all costs. So I like plus 350 as well, and I do like um, the Seattle Seahawks defensive lineman at plus 600 as well. They're just a team that, uh, you know, we've seen the defensive lineman continue to fall. Of course, there's Christian Barmore still out there. I don't think they necessarily have him available at the point that they're picking, but um, I do think that you know, with those guys dropping, we should see some talent available that teams wouldn't have otherwise expected. Um, and I think that that's probably going to be conducive to seeing a lot of defensive linemen going into the second round. So that's the spot I kind of like. But we got some listener questions here on our emergency podcast. I wanted to touch on here really quick. Um, we do have you know offensive and defensive rookie of the year obviously the landscape shifted quite a bit after the draft where we saw these guys kind of land um are there any guys that you might be targeting on either side of the football for um you know hitting these offensive defensive rookie of the years at the current prices or is it a spot you're probably waiting for a little bit more information from at this point no i mean i think you know when when you when you look at you know the nfl coming up this year uh, you got some pretty big breaks. I mean, I think Justin Fields is going to a team, uh, you know, that is, you know, that is going to be, um, you know, pretty good, you know, and, and, and you know, even though, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence at plus 300 is the favorite, 
Um, yeah, I think Fields at four to one could very well, you know, take this as well. Lance, I don't think starts enough games, so at five to one, I wouldn't work that through. Uh, and Zach Wilson at ten to one, I think Zach Wilson is the best quarterback in this class. Uh, I don't think he goes to the best situation, um, but Robert Salah is a good coach, and 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 if they get things squared away, ten to one might be the the shot there. If I'm looking at non quarterbacks, though, if I'm looking at non quarterbacks, um, you know, I. It, to me, Kyle Pitts has an opportunity to do some really freaky things right. uh, in that in that uh, Arthur Smith offense. Yeah, I do. I do think this market is definitely um, quarterback heavy market at the top. So I would it would take a you know pretty significant performance from a different skill position to actually get offensive rookie of the year at this point in time. I do think guys like Trevor Lawrence, you know Justin Fields, and Zach Wilson probably are all starting from day one if they do i do think it's going to be a really high hurdle for a guy you know like kyle pitts or jamar chase uh to you know supersede them i do think it would basically take you know the falcons winning the nfc south over the buccaneers are getting pretty close to it at that point in time obviously far exceeding expectations but i would like to uh probably target that falcons mindset uh at a different spot than just hitting kyle pitts offense rookie of the year so we'll see is there anybody on the defensive side of the ball i know this kind of leans towards you know edge defenders and stuff like that patrick sertan plus 1000 jc horn uh first defense player off the board plus 1400 for defensive rookie of the year could you justify possibly taking a cornerback uh given the fact that they aren't anywhere near the favorites priced at michael parsons at plus 400 or Jalen phillips at plus 700 yeah, the crazy thing is, is oftentimes the best corners, you know, like the Jalen Johnsons and company come off today. You right, know, like that's right. that's always the hard part. Uh, and you don't know where the fit is for them. Um, you know, Rousseau goes to Buffalo. That's going to be a good team. But I don't think he's he's going to be great there. Um, man, Phillips is probably not going to get huge sack totals. So it's seven to one. That's not a great bet. Parsons. Uh, is going to Dallas, but who knows if he's even going to start right away because, you know, it's a two-linebacker league and he's their third linebacker right now. Um, you know, if I had to lay any money here, it, it's a great question. I probably, you know, Caleb Farley is going to play a lot, right. you know, right away. That team does not have any good corners. At 25-1, to 1, uh, I'll go Farley. That That's my one pick. I'm far less likely to bet on defenders because we know so much less um, about them. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I do like what you say about Farley. It sounds like all reports basically are, the, are you know, his back is going to be in shape, in, you know, definitely available to play at the start of training camp. So with that in mind, I do think he could probably see the most snaps. Uh, if Tennessee ends up winning the AFC South, he could be a big reason why. And from that perspective, he could potentially win defensive rookie of the year. So I don't mind that long shot play. That might be uh, my favorite one on the board at this point in time. But well, let's see. Let's talk, let's talk a little bit about, you know, current NFL landscape. Uh, obviously, all the buzz before the draft yesterday was Aaron Rodgers probably ending up at Denver Broncos. We didn't get that trade to actually have that happen on draft night. Um, but if it does happen, what are your thoughts on a team like the Chargers going under nine on their win total? PFF is always looking out for you, partnering with some of the best opportunities in the sports betting landscape. Um, my favorite here has been Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L. They're basically the stock market for sports. They allow you to trade sports teams uh, like the stock market. You can earn cash payouts when your team wins. Um, it's kind of been this interesting blend between the stock market um, and a way to actually invest and profit off of your favorite teams. 
free NFL free agency has obviously uh, changed some things in the symbol markets. Some teams have risen. Obviously, the Washington football team uh, with the signing of Ryan Fitzpatrick have been on the move um, from a symbol perspective. But there are some undervalued teams that I still think are going to make some splashes here uh, post-free agency coming up on the draft. Teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously going to have Trevor Lawrence, but they're a team that had you know a pretty productive free agency as well. So I do think it's a spot where you definitely want to get involved in that stock market uh, game. Use promo code PFF if you deposit ten dollars at Symbol, um, you're going to earn a free PFF annual subscription. That's po- promo code PFF with a ten dollar deposit. Symbol.com going to get you a free annual subscription. I love it. Yeah, I I, I think the Chargers are a classic fade. Um, everybody's going to talk about the impact of the offensive line, um, which is great. I think long-term they're, they're solid, but you're talking about Herbert, second year, second offensive coordinator. You're also talking about uh, offensive linemen, uh, you know, that need to Rayshon Slater, you know, first year, those guys generally don't perform as well as you think they're going to. And, and, you know, and, and that can muddy the waters there defensively. They've lost some talent. Um, you know, Ingram might return, Hayward might return, but they both were, you know, let go. Um, and, and so Staley's got to come in and win with defense and, you know, a little bit noisy things on offense. Yeah, I'm going to fade that. Kansas City, you know, has swept them almost every year uh, since, you know, since Alex Smith and, you know, and Mahomes, and, and they'll probably do it again. And, uh, yeah, if Denver gets Rodgers, then uh, it, it's going to be tough sledding for them, especially the other thing that's that's – I think we have to we have to throw out there too is they don't have a great home field advantage. Right. Um, so even though most AFC teams you would bump their win total up a little bit more because they get the one extra home game them against the Vikings. By the way, um, for for the Chargers, I don't see it as much. So yeah, I'm going to go under there. Classic Chargers fade. Um, despite everything well that they did last year, they still went under their win total. So yeah, I'm going to go under there. Yeah, I like that quite a bit as well. I do think I'm fully on board with the Chargers fade. In year two, uh, Justin Herbert, you know, he could have another impressive performance like he did in his rookie season, but um, I don't know if I fully buy into what he was able to put forth at this point in time. So we'll see. I do think that is a prime spot to go under at this point. Uh, one team that we have been all about basically this offseason, once again, the PFF Falcons. Uh, we've talked about it. I know you guys have talked about it on the forecast. Over seven win total. Um, is that a spot where you might be hedging given the rumors surrounding Julio Jones potentially getting traded um, and are you buying into the fact that Julio Jones could get traded here in the summer uh, I I think he could but I, you know I think that, that that's just going to be a last resort I think that they're going to be get creative here um, as much as they can with the cap and uh, you know they they drafted Kyle Pitts to win this year and and I think right. that they smell blood in the water when you look at Carolina, you know, weaker, uh, I think made a kind of a bad draft pick yesterday. Um, they look at the Saints. Again, the Saints didn't make a great draft pick, opting for a non-Power 5 edge again. Um, and, and, you know, Tampa Bay, like Brady's great, but we've also seen Brady fall off before. Um, you know, I think Tampa is the class of that division by a country mile. But Atlanta, in a seven-team playoff format, I think can win. And I think that they... That that's what they believe that they can do, and that's how they're they're sort of approaching it. I don't think they're in rebuild mode. I think they're in. Arthur Smith has been able to get good offense and bad defense into the playoffs for a couple of years straight. Let's try to do it again, boys. Yeah, yeah, I love that as well. I'm fully on board the Falcons train again this year. I'm ready to get hurt, uh, but I think 
I think it's going to be our year for the Falcons at this point in time. So let's, we'll see. But uh, let's wrap with this, Eric. I haven't done enough research on FCS playoff week two yet, but I know Degenerate Nation is looking for some action. Uh, what are you seeing in uh, tomorrow's games coming up here for FCS playoffs? Well, I'll tell you what, Ben. We, we've alternated good weeks and bad weeks last week. Uh, we actually made money personally betting FCS, but the three picks we gave out on the show, I think we're 0-3. So, uh, so the listeners are going to get uh, some good picks here. Here's one, by the way, that I bet early a couple times and now uh now the numbers move in our favor i got some sam houston state who i think is one of the most impressive offenses in the fcs struggled a little bit last week uh in their victory though um i got them at three and three and a half um against north dakota state it is now two and a half so we we do get some line value there uh the value of the three uh, you know we get that percentage which is four or five percent in college football so I don't know if I would take Sam Houston State plus the three right now um, against North Dakota State, but that was one bet I did make. Um, I, you know, if I were to bet this game now, I probably would bet them at plus one fifteen. Um, the other one that we did get Ben that had a great closing line value, we got Jacksonville State at minus one and a half against Delaware. It's now minus three and a half. Um, if you were lucky enough to get that, you know, maybe hedge a little bit with Delaware, just given how much the three is worth. Uh, in college football, but those are two that I got in onto early. Here's one that I, here's two that I bet that have not got closing line value. I like the under in Arkansas Pine Bluff versus Alabama A and M. Um, I, you know, 61. I I got it at 60 and a half, so I, I might just even bet it again at under. Um, I I just like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna go under college. You know, really good division. You know, FCS. Uh, unders with two, you know, of uh, two football teams that are good. Like the only time you see overs in these things are bad defense, uh, and neither of these teams are a bad defense. So I'll go under there. And then lastly, I also like under fifty-two and a half in James Madison versus North Dakota. James Madison plays under games. They're the favorite here by two and a half. I think they control the game and it goes under. Yeah, I love it. I can always, always get on board with an FCS under at this point in time. So uh, I'm fully on board with those picks. Make sure you guys make it happen. Uh, a lot of betting opportunities coming up here um, in the next couple of days. Hope you guys all enjoy it. From Ben Brown, joined by Eric Eager. I appreciate you guys listening to the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Podcast.